So that's pretty cool. Yeah, Byron and Becky are visiting their uh, daughter and son-in-law, Grace and Michael, down in Raleigh. And uh, Andy's our worship pastor out at another church, leading worship and preaching. And uh, so, and Jim's at Living Waters. So let's see, that church in David at River's Edge, Living Waters, River Life. There's a lot of water, isn't it? A lot of water flowing this morning. So, yeah, I did want to mention, too, if you're a guest with us here this morning, we just want you to be blessed and welcome. We're glad that you're here, and uh, it's good to be together. I'm thankful for River Life Fellowship. Yeah, how about you? It's great to have a, a church family and a church home that you can be thankful for. So, um, in the middle of everything, there's always a lot to give thanks for, isn't there? Including the Holy Spirit. So let's pray, okay? Just stand up with me. I know maybe you sat down just a few minutes ago, but stand back up and let's, let's lay hands on ourselves. Holy Spirit, we ask you to come, come into our minds. Fill my mind this morning, Lord, with wisdom from heaven, God. Let your heavenly realm come, let your will be done in our lives this morning, God. And I pray that your presence would bring revelation. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. You can sit down. Yes, so I feel like the Lord would say, make a place for the Holy Spirit. Make a place for the Holy Spirit. Well, Matthew, I've already done that. All right, well, that's what I want to talk about this morning is the person of the Holy Spirit. And how many people know there's so many different things that the Holy Spirit initiates and does, right? Um, Now, one... You know, typically it has to do with ministry and, and, and all that sort of thing, which is great. Obviously, it's the, it's, it's the greatest. In fact, let me give you a testimony. Um, if you were here on Wednesday, you already heard this, but I'll make it brief. This is the abbreviated version. There's this uh, 13-year-old uh, girl student at Mooresville Christian Academy. And um, let's see, last, last spring sometime, last spring semester, you may remember if you've been here, uh, I think it was around in March, during one of our weekly chapel services, we were ministering, uh, praying for the sick and healing and stuff. And uh, this girl's story was that when she was seven, she, she rides horses and she had been thrown from her horse and hit a water trough and went completely deaf in her left ear. And uh, over a few months and years, she regained about 50% of her hearing. But the doctor said that she would probably never, ever, you know, regain that because of the damage that had happened internally and so on and so forth. So I knew this. I knew that this student had um, a, a hearing problem. And so, one, I can't remember all that was happening, but we were praying for people. And she happened to come up for prayer. I think it was just for the presence of the Holy Spirit. And anyway... Um, so I said, Madison, do you want God to heal your, heal your ears right now? And she said, yeah. And I just put my hands on her, on her head and just simply prayed something like, I command, I command you, deaf spirit, to loose her and heaven come. I don't know what I prayed, but I just prayed something. And it was like, I just saw a smile come on her face. And her testimony later was that this um, heat and tingling sensation came on her ear and she got completely healed right then and and it just it remained her healing and so that was back in about uh like i said about march at that point i came to find out later and i kind of had this feeling but she was not a believer like she didn't know jesus jesus at all and but the holy spirit touched her in that instance and began to initiate something in her heart so this past tuesday we had chapel and um 
I was up at the front before the thing started just messing around, trying to figure out what songs Andy was going to do because I'm running the computer in the back with the lyrics and all that. And um, this girl on the front row sitting about right in here, well, it's in another building, but like right in here, was like, Mr. Bollinger. I'm like, what? Come here. Okay, hold on a second. Mr. Bollinger, what? Leave me alone, you know. I'm trying to get you to see I'm busy. You know? So I'm like, finally, yeah, what's up? Well, this, she goes, I think the Lord's touching Madison. So this is the girl whose ear was healed, you know, back in March. And I look at her and she goes, I think the Holy Spirit's touching me. I've been trembling like this for a while. And feel me, I've got heat all over me. <laughs> there was this boy next to her. I said, well, grab him. Maybe it'll get off on him too. And anyway, I don't think she did. But um, then the next day, she walks into to my classroom and she goes, Mr. Bollinger, I got saved yesterday. I was like, are you serious? She goes, yeah. You know when all that was happening to me? And she wrote her testimony down and she said, it was the best day of my life. I finally, I gave everything, my whole life completely to the Lord. And I realized He had a plan for me. It was just a beautiful testimony, you know. So isn't that awesome? You know, this girl, she, she comes to know the Lord. And that's a great example of the work of the Holy Spirit, isn't it? I mean, of course, different people, some of us are teachers and some of her friends, even sitting in this room, have been a part of that in her life. But the Holy Spirit can just do tremendous things. At the same time, did you know that throughout the Bible, the Holy Spirit has done all kinds of other things? Like, let me give you some quick examples here, okay? Um, and these won't be up on the screen, but... Uh, like, there's this one from... Oh, let's see here. I got my notes in the wrong order. That's okay. There it is. There's this one in, uh, in Exodus where the Lord said to Moses, I've chosen this dude named Bezalel son of Uri, son of Hur, son of Judah, tribe of Judah. I filled him with the Spirit of God with skill, ability, and knowledge in all kinds of crafts to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of craftsmanship. So in the Old Testament, before Jesus came and then ascended to the right hand of the Father and the Holy Spirit was poured out on all flesh, the Holy Spirit still was in existence, but a little bit different in that He came on certain people at certain times to accomplish certain things that the Father had to do, right? And, uh, but, you know, we may always think of those in, in real spiritual and salvation and healing terms, and it does include that, but even in workmanship, um, even like Saul, when the Spirit of the Lord came on him at first, it said, and I'm going to change, you'll be changed into a different person. So sometimes our personality types even shift a little bit. Has anybody ever had that occurrence maybe upon salvation? It's like, I just call that the real you. You know, the real you comes out. And uh, the real man has been made alive in Christ. Can be almost like a different person. Um, let's see, a couple other of those. In First Chronicles, um, they were prophesying over Solomon, David's son, that he would complete the temple. And it says that he gave him the plans of all that the Spirit had put in his mind for the courts of the temple. So for any architects or engineers, even like blueprints and different things and technical things, can, our birth can be birthed through the Holy Spirit and these creative ideas. 
And uh, so another interesting one I thought that I had never really seen before is in Job 32. There's this guy, uh, son of, or I'm sorry, Elihu, son of Barakel, the Buzzite, said, the Buzzite, I, I am young in years and you are old. That is why I was fearful, not daring to tell you what I know. It's a young guy. I thought age should speak, advanced years should teach wisdom. But it's the spirit in a man, the breath of the Almighty, that gives him understanding. It is not only the old who are wise, not only the age to understand what is right. So as tradition would have it, this young man said, I need to be quiet because it's the elders who are supposed to speak. Uh, but when the Spirit comes, He can bring wisdom and knowledge way beyond the years of even a child can speak things. I mean, we see that in Jesus, right? Even at 12 years old. Remember, He gave up His position on the throne, humbled Himself, became a man, and at 12 years old was reasoning with the great religious scholars of the day. Now, now, let me just and think about Jesus for a second. Okay, he showed us how as a man, completely in right relationship with God through the Holy Spirit, what was capable. So, with the Holy Spirit upon him, he was obviously loving a sinless life, right? So therefore, we can have victory over sin. We can have power over sin. That's obvious. Secondly, probably the obvious things are he did many miracles, right? Like blind eyes popping open, deaf ears, crippled legs, so on and so forth. So that's pretty powerful. Third, even getting a little bit better, like um, signs and wonders even in nature, like changing an element like water, H2O, to some kind of good wine. You know, just like that through the Spirit. And then, you know, of course, walking on the water, defying the laws of physics through the Spirit. These are the things that... But also, have you ever considered this? What did he do for, uh, for a craft? What did he do for his job growing up? He worked with wood, right? Just like this Bezalel or whatever. He was a, he was a carpenter. You know, and I have a feeling that probably back in those days it wasn't like pull out the power tools, build the building kind of carpenter. He was creating intricate, probably some detailed, uh, probably like cabinet makers in our, you know, in our world or something. And very skilled. And I think that's also through the Holy Spirit. So I'm saying all this to just, uh, just remind us of all the many things that the person of the Holy Spirit is involved in and all the many things that He can do. Um, now, what I want to really get to, and, and I'm going to make this brief this morning and then we're going to pray for people, is um, I want to get to how can you, how can I, how can we have intimacy with the Holy Spirit and allow His wisdom and His creativity, as we've seen in these examples, and His power through spiritual gifts and the so forth, and power over sin, how can we allow that to flow through us? Okay? And uh, I love this. Watchman Nee says in his book, The Normal Christian Life, he says this, Think, we who are mere non-entities can have the same Spirit resting upon us as rested upon Moses, the friend of God, upon David, the beloved king, and upon Elijah, the mighty prophet. By receiving the gift of the outpour of the Holy Spirit, we join the ranks of God's chosen servants of the Old Testament dispensation. Once we see the value of this gift of God and realize, too, our deep need of it, we shall immediately ask, 
how can I receive the Holy Spirit in this way to equip me with spiritual gifts and empower me for God's service? Upon what basis has the Spirit been given to His children? All right, so let's read a little background here. Turn to John 14 if you have your Bible this morning. And uh, again, we apologize that the slides aren't working up on the screen for that, but we'll have to do it the old-fashioned way. Reading in a book. Who would have thought that? Reading, what a pity, reading in a book. <laughs> All right, John 14, starting in verse 16. This, these are just Jesus' comments, what He said about the Holy Spirit. He said, And I'll ask the Father, and He'll give you another Counselor. Synonyms for the Holy Spirit. Counselor, Comforter, Helper, Intercessor, Advocate, Strengthener, Standby, Friend, Ally. To be with you forever. How long? Forever. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept Him because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, but you know Him. For He lives with you and He will be in you. Let me just stop here and say this. If you're in this room this morning and you've never been born again of the Spirit of God, meaning you've never acknowledged that Jesus Christ paid the price on the cross for your sins and had the experience and repented from your sins and turned from your sins and had the experience of a regeneration in your heart, you're not going to know what this is talking about. You're not going to be able to connect with it. I don't care what kind of energy force in the universe you try to tap into, how many crystals you dangle, how many tarot cards are read, whatever, you're not going to be able to tap into the good, true, and, and always perfect life force, the Holy Spirit of God, until that moment. Because there are two forces. There's an evil force and there's a good force. Right? There is some certain power in the dark force. You know, I've told, I was telling my students the other day, they were asking me these questions about psychic phenomenon and mediums and talking to the dead. And, and there tends to be this disbelief somewhat of that. I said, oh, no, 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 no. Wait a second. That stuff's real. It's in the Bible. You know, it's real. It happens. There is, there is power in the dark side. But when our spirits come alive, the Spirit of God has an even greater power. Let me give you another example of that. I mean, think about Daniel, right? Daniel was this guy, and it says in uh, Daniel chapter 5, the king said to him, I've heard that the Spirit of the gods is in you, and that you have insight, intelligence, and outstanding wisdom. The wise men and enchanters were brought before me to read this writing and tell me what it means. But they could not explain it. Now I have heard that you are able to give interpretations and solve difficult problems. Did you know that the Holy Spirit's prophetic power is much more powerful than Satan's psychic power? It's much more powerful. Well, it seems like in our world, the tendency is to believe that, at least for a younger generation, that with phenomena like Chris Angel and all these cool different experiences, that there's so much power in that. And that's why young people are, are going to Wicca and the like in droves. Because of this deception that there's this great power there. 
Oh, and here's the other question that I got the other day. Mr. Bollinger, how do I know the difference between bad power and good power? I said, well, that's easy. Satan's power will always glorify you. It's always about getting for you. It's always about how do I get the money? How do I accumulate for me? How do I win the girl that I love or I desire? So it's all about you, you, you. That is witchcraft. Man is God. God's power is all about Him. It's all about the glory that's given to Him. If God uses me to to open a, a deaf girl's ears, it has nothing to do with me. It's all about Him getting the glory. You know, And I think that we need to come to a realization that that power is very real and accessible. And, that's, and, and, then, and so, where is the disconnect at times in us? I'm, I don't even mean for prophetic insight. I just mean even in terms of simple wisdom on living life. Even in terms of simple knowledge about raising our kids or whatever. Where does the disconnect come from? And why do we not always see that power flowing out of us? Now, I will say this. In statements like the one I just made, sometimes we get the inference that we haven't really, the the Holy Spirit hasn't really flowed through the church enough since Pentecost, and that there's coming a day when all the creative ideas are going to be released and all this stuff. Well, that may be true to an extent, but let me tell you, it already has been released. I mean, infinitely over in the past 2,000 years. Because if you study history, most, I'm not going to say all, but most, I believe, of the inventions, creative ideas, technologies have come through the Spirit of God through believing people in Jesus Christ. I was reading the other day, I mean, consider even like the scientific method, the scientific method that was developed, which is the basis for modern science, It was developed by a guy who had a biblical worldview and who was a believer in God that created an orderly universe. Therefore, we can test it and find out what truth is and find out how things work. If the universe was created by random chance, then what good would the scientific method be? Because nothing is truly orderly or organized. You can find out how it works for today... But tomorrow it might work differently because it's evolved. You know, you understand what I mean. So there is a, there, there is a, a the, the Spirit of God has been working tremendously. I mean, there's so much art and technologies and even things like benevolence ministries around the world like the American Red Cross. You know, everybody knows what the American Red Cross is. How about the Salvation Army? You know the history of the Salvation Army? I don't have time to tell you what it is, but it has to do with salvation. It's, it's like Sozo ministry, you know. It's not, a, it's not the guy ringing the bell. That's our mind what the Salvation Army is outside of Walmart. I mean, it has its roots in the Holy Spirit giving somebody an idea about how to move on something and then that happening. The Holy Spirit is so creative, okay. Again, it's not about human potential, you know, or the Great Spirit, or, you know, the life force, it's about Him. It's about His glory being released and His kingdom being established here on earth. His spiritual kingdom, not when we die and get there, but right now, where He has authority over disease. 
He has authority over sicknesses. He has authority to release what's needed when it's needed. Amen? Even for the United States of America, that He can release creative ideas. But like I said, sometimes I think... uh, Well, let's just... Let me use this example from Revelation chapter 3. You probably know this verse where... You know, it's the, revelation, the book of Revelation is the revelation of Jesus Christ. And, and John is writing to this church of Laodicea. And one instance in there, he says, Behold, he's quoting those, these words of Jesus. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come in and eat with him and he with me. It's like the Holy Spirit, you know, the Spirit of Christ. I'll come in. And so, as we have become a Christian, become a believer, gotten baptized, been baptized with the Holy Spirit, been filled with the Holy Spirit, in a sense we said, all right, Holy Spirit, come on in. And most of us sitting here have have done that. But my question is, what's next? What have we done after that? Have we been hospitable to the Holy Spirit? Let me just give you this... Let me uh, use this illustration I was thinking of this weekend. Um, let's say, for example, that on Friday night you decided to have a good friend over. Or maybe not, well, you, yeah, you have, maybe it's not a great friend, but somebody that you've known quite a while. And uh, you have them come over and you say, yeah, Friday, come over at 6. So they come over at 6, knock on the door, hey, what's up? Come on in. You guys go in, you sit down on the couch. You're just kind of hanging out a couple minutes later. You're like, hey, I'll be right back. You go into the other room and you like, you know, get on your website and update your MySpace, you know, or you got to pay some bills, you got a little business to take care of, you know, whatever. And all the while, your friend's kind of in there going, hmm, that's cool, I'm glad Matthew had me over. I wonder where he is, you know. Hey, you want, so I come back into the room, you want to eat dinner? All right, great, dinner's prepared, you know, my wife's made a great meal. We sit down to dinner, and, and we sit down, and you're just about to... The, the blessing's been said. You know, you said the prayer, so the food's sanctified now. You know, you can now partake of it. And you're like, hey, uh, do you mind if I eat in front of the TV? I, I guess not, your friend says. So you grab your plate while he stays at the table, and you go over, and you're just like you know, catching up on the evening news or something, you know, or whatever. What? Well, it's, it's a little strange, your friend, but he doesn't leave. You know, he's going to be nice, and he's sticking around, so dessert's served, and that's pretty good. And then uh, after dessert, you guys are kind of hanging out in the den, and, uh, and, and all, the next thing you know, your friend starts pouring out his heart, you know. It just so turns out he's got these really serious issues going on in life and uh, he's beginning to talk to you about him and you're like you're just kind of like um, another friend calls you on the phone you're like hey do you mind Can you, I got a cell phone call you just wait for a second you're just kind of and you're just completely distracted the whole time is that hospitality <laughs> what do you think your friend would be thinking during this encounter where you've invited him in? You sat down to eat with your friend. You decided to hang out and listen to his struggle, or listen maybe to his pearls of wisdom. Actually, a more fitting illustration would be as if he's giving you the secrets of how to earn a million dollars. You know, and you're just kind of over here twiddling with something or talking to somebody else. What do you think he would think if you're just like completely distracted and sidetracked by everything else in your life? Well, 
Could that be sometimes how the Holy Spirit is? It's like He's there. You know, I've been singing, Baptize me with the Holy Spirit. Baptize me with fire. You know, I've been praying every morning, Come Holy Spirit. And then He spoke to me, and I was too busy with something else to hear what He said. You understand what I'm saying? I'm just saying. (laughs) I'm not saying you're doing this. I'm just saying. Like maybe there are times where we can just even slightly grieve or quench. There's two different, and those might be slightly different. Quench or grieve the Holy Spirit. It's not that He goes away. It's not that He's not there. But it's that we're too distracted. We're too busy. And here's the, here's the real tough one with good things. You know? Well, God, I had to do this. And, well, God, you know, the lawn's got to be, you know, whatever. All the good things, even the, the beneficial, even caring for the, the, the sick or, or feeding the poor, all these, all the good things, you know. Yet we miss the nugget that He had for us right there, you know. And, but I, I had this revelation. I, I, this is my testimony recently, okay. And the revelation was this. It's, it might sound kind of silly, and maybe I should have... I'm just slow. Okay, sorry. I'm slow. Spiritually. I have a revelation that the Holy Spirit is a person. He's, he's a person. A part of the Trinity. You know? Fully God. The Holy Spirit is a person that comes in and re- has a relationship with me. And He must be important... Because Jesus said, I'm going to go away now and send this dude. And he's going to teach. And in fact, he even said this, I've got many things to say to you, but you cannot yet bear it. But he will. He'll tell you what they are. And when I read that, I remember reading out recently, I was like, gosh, well, what are they, Jesus? Why would you tell me? Like I had a friend tell me recently, Marlon will appreciate this. Matthew, i got a word for you. And I'm like, awesome. Yeah, what is it? I'll tell you later. <laughs> what? You'll tell me later? And then I went to him later and he was like, well, not right now. I'll tell you later. And I was like so frustrated this guy. I'm like, dude, if you have a word for me and you're not going to tell me what it is, don't come up to me and say, I got a word for you. And I just don't tell me and then tell me when you want to tell me. You know what I'm saying? So what was the point in all that? Oh, I don't know, but it was an interesting story anyway. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah, so it's kind of like that. Thank you, Dean. Somebody's not falling asleep. <laughs> I've got many things to say to you now, but it's like, I'll tell you later. Well, that's not fair. What is it? Well, he's not going to tell us what it is, but he's going to tell us who is going to tell us what it is. And it's the Holy Spirit. It's, it's really a fascinating relationship, honestly. I mean, it, it's something that, I don't know, have you ever just had the simplest truths kind of capture you and hold you in awe? Like, oh, wow, yeah. That's pretty, pretty incredible. But then my other thought was this. But maybe one of the reasons why I haven't understood the magnitude of this relationship is because I haven't been a great hospitable host to the guest, 
You know, like Byron told me this story about himself one time that always stuck with me and is fitting here. He said, one time I was sitting on my couch at home watching t- TV. And, and I was watching a certain show, and it wasn't like a bad show. or It might have even been a game or something. I don't know, probably a golf match, you know, in Byron, something like that. And he said, suddenly this voice said to me, I don't want to watch that. And he recognized it as the Lord, and he was like, what? What do you mean you don't want to watch this? I'm like, how can you not want to watch this? You know? and, and he was like, I don't know. I just want to do something else. And he was like, oh, well, if you put it that way. You know, and I was thinking, wow, that's an interesting way of looking at it. Because somehow in the whole shuffle of this Christian life, I think that sometimes I, well, who's the Holy Spirit? Well, the Holy Spirit is like, the Spirit of Christ. That's who the Holy Spirit is. Well, you know, it's like the third person of the Trinity. Or it's like, you know, it's like I can know a, I can know a lot about somebody, but that doesn't mean I know them, you know? I can know a lot about Bob Dylan, but that doesn't mean we've sat down and had lunch together, Dean. But you probably have. Once, yeah, just once. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, it's it's just like, maybe this is just like, duh, Matthew, come on. Let's move into the deeper things of life and and the Lord here. But there's such an intimate, and and here's the problem. I say a problem, problem in a good way, is there's no like um, box and book. Well, there's a book, but there's not a formula. You, You follow me here? It's not like okay, well, watch this, this, and this, and don't watch that, because he won't want to watch that at like 5.30. But then you can watch, you know, it's this living, breathing relationship, you know? And he's wanting to lead you and guide you and show you different things. But if he's wanting to lead me over here, and I'm just innocently kind of meandering over here, then I'm going to miss out sometimes on other things. Now, I think he's kind of full of grace on that end, too, because even if I miss it, I think eventually he's... He, I, I tend to believe, and I've experienced that sometimes he brings us back around to what was there. And uh, the Holy Spirit's calling that person, even. I mean, he, he uses even, like, modern technology to get our attention. Are you guys okay? It wouldn't be a message if I didn't ask that question at least one time. Are you okay? Are you guys all right? 1230. All right, so how can I... So embracing the outpoured Holy Spirit. You know, one thing, I, we were reading a Watchman Nee book in, in Christ's School of Ministry recently, and he said this I thought was really good, is Pentecost was proof to the Jews that Jesus was the Messiah, was who he said he was. It was like another one of those fulfillment of Old Testament prophecies. And so in, in uh, Acts chapter 2, in verse 33, Peter said that exalted to the right hand of God, He has received from the Father, Jesus has received from the Father, the promised Holy Spirit and has poured it out what you now see and hear. Meaning what happened on the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit had been poured out. And so he's like, see, this is proof. Jesus was the Christ. He was who He said He was because He was poured out. So we all know He's been poured out. We just lay hold of Him as the indwelling Holy Spirit. Um, another thing that uh, Watchman Nee said that really caught my attention is this, and this has to do with our relationship with the Holy Spirit. He says, Why is it that some of God's children live victorious lives 
while others are in a state of constant defeat. Have you ever wondered that? The difference is not accounted for by the presence or absence of the Spirit, but by this, that some recognize His indwelling and others do not. To go back to my illustration, some recognize their friend has come over for dinner and actually sit down and communicate and have a relationship. Others say, yeah, come on in. The Spirit's there. He didn't leave. But they have no real connection. There's no real communication. So let me just make this practical. Because I was thinking, I'm, again, this is part of testimony and a message, okay? I'm thinking, well, Lord, I'm a pretty, pretty practical thinking guy. Sometimes all these spiritual concepts become too much obscure. Like geometry, for example. I hated geometry. I got like a 73 in geometry while maintaining a 96 average in Algebra 1 and Algebra 2 in high school. Why? Because algebra is like concrete, like A plus B plus, you know, it's like you just follow the steps, you follow the formulas. Geometry was like proofs and theorems and I'm like, what is this? This is very obscure and not very... You know, so sometimes maybe we can lose sight of some of these key spiritual principles and, and because we want the practical things. So I'm kind of that kind of a thinking type of person, kind of more systematic. So he was like, well, Matthew, first of all, you have to understand this. You don't do anything to get me to do something. This is a relationship. I already have revealed to you that I love you. You are my son. You're my boy. You're my favorite. You're the man. I'm your everything. You all have already understood the, the key principle that your life is not your own. You've surrendered it all to me. I don't own my life. Do you own yours? I hope not, because I tried being the boss of my life. It didn't work out too well. The Lord, in other words, Jesus is the Lord. He's the boss of our lives. And He said, and I've laid out some really practical things in Scripture but the problem is you and a lot, of other peop a lot of other Christians like you, you want to do these things as like uh, a religious duty, like prayer, you know, like checking off a checklist, fasting, you know. How about meditation? You know, one of the greatest, I think one of the most effective things I've found is just to take the Word of God. Take a word of, that the Lord has spoken to your heart. And, and maintain a quiet heart and contemplate even just a word. What does this mean? You know, the dark side of the spirit realm says, empty your mind. That's meditation. And the problem with that is when you empty your mind, it's hard to tell what's going to come in to your mind. You probably don't want it there. But biblical meditation is meditate upon the goodness of the Lord. Meditate upon your pre on the precepts. Um, another really great practical advice along those lines that I, I, I read in, in, a, in a, another book one time was giving God your nights, you know, your night seasons. It's like, you want dreams and visions? Try when you go to bed, Lord, give me dreams and visions, you know, and see what happens. I mean, sometimes I have to turn off the game, you know. I mean, in, when Monday Night Football is in the fourth quarter, you know, that's really hard. 
or to hear all the great news on one of the 24-hour news networks. You know, that's a really great thing to go to sleep to. You know, I mean, (laughs) seriously, I mean, I do that a lot. But honestly, I thought, man, maybe just taking five minutes to meditate upon the recent workings of the Holy Spirit in my life or to maybe even just have a short conversation with my wife. Hey, what what did the Holy Spirit say to you today? Really? Well, yeah, I got this. You know, I mean, maybe that makes some sort of... Um, some sort of difference. I'm talking in terms of point of contact. Like point of contact with you and Holy Spirit. You've asked for the baptism. You've been filled. He's, He's even released certain gifts and like I said, all this creativity, but all that comes from this relationship. I'm never gonna have gifts of healing that I earnestly desire by like following a 10-step manual only. That might be good advice and may show some effective ways of praying, but if I don't have guidance from Holy, the Holy Spirit saying, oh, well, here's how you deal with this one, Matthew. And actually, I'm t- you're, you're focused on this person. I'm doing this on this person over here. And, you know, this ongoing. But how many people would say, you'd be honest this morning, say, I got a ways to go on that. I mean, if you're like me, like, I've got a ways to go on that. I mean, I, I've hit the tip of the iceberg. You know, I know there's communication there. I'm getting words from the Lord, so on and so forth. But if you live your Christian life depending on Byron to tell you what's going on in the world, how you should respond, how you should run, you know, all this stuff, it's going to be a hard road to hoe. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the Lord didn't mean for us to live that way, you know? I mean, He gave us a pastor with His giftings for our benefit and our corporate body and all that. That's not what I'm saying. There may be a lot of times where we seek advice, counsel, and wisdom, and counseling, and so forth. That's very valid. But this is about the Holy Spirit poured out. We've received. Let's tap into the communication. All right? We're going to pray in a second. And I want to pray for you, especially who, ra- who raise your hands, that you got a ways to go. You know, but that's okay because God's not fa- He's faithful. He's going to bring to completion what He started. But I also want to say this for anybody in this room who has never had a spirit connection between your spirit and the Holy Spirit of God that opens your eyes. Like in the cartoon, light bulb comes on and you see, oh, I see it's all about Jesus. Jesus is who He said He was, the Son of God. He paid the price for all my sins and now I'm going to lay it all down at your feet this morning, Jesus. I'm going to give you my whole life. You're going to be my boss from now on. Enough of living for me. The whole, my whole life is about living for you and I want to connect to this whole new spirit world. You know, if that's you here this morning and the Spirit of God is knocking on the door of your heart as I'm saying that, I'm just going to issue an invitation for you to respond to that this morning. Okay? And the invitation is this. Come up here when we're dismissing here and say, Hey, that's me. And I want to pray with you. Okay? It's going to be the greatest day of your life. Just like Madison, that's what she said in her testimony. This is the greatest day in my life, you know. I wish I would have done this a long time ago. 
You know, and for those of you who are Christians in here, you know how incredible and awesome that experience is. All right? All right, so if you, I'll just put it this way. If you desire a more of a revelation of the person of the Holy Spirit and your relationship with Him, just stand up this morning and let's pray as we dismiss here. Isn't God great? He is awesome. And uh, I'm just so thankful for His presence and that He never leaves me hanging. That's pretty good, especially if you're a guy like me. Yeah, go ahead. Hey, hey I've just got a quick testimony to go along with what Matthew's been saying. <clears throat> uh, the other day I was just hanging out with some friends with Heather and I was telling them about, I was recounting to them the vision that Byron had, I don't know, maybe it was a year ago or so about how difficult times were coming on this nation. And he was appointed by the government to distribute fresh water. And that one just has stuck with me. I don't know about you guys, but that has just been in my spirit for a while. And I was sharing about it. And, uh, and that same evening, somebody came who, who just recently came from a, a Morningstar meeting or conference. And he had bought like a truckload of Zayo water. And he came in and he says, does anybody need some water? And I'm like, well, I've got four kids. I can use some water, you know. And he gave me like 14 cases of water. Wow. And, uh, and my van was almost blowing sparks from the weight of it. It was just unbelievable. So we took that home, and I got so excited, you know, about this water. I'm like, okay, you know, this is a symbol. I need to distribute this water. And I kind of felt the Lord kind of quiet me, and he was like, I want you to drink it. And, uh, and ultimately, I was reminded of this um, I'll try to keep this short. This uh, testimony, you can probably find it on YouTube. And this guy, he didn't know the Lord. He was just an extreme guy who loved to go snowboarding and break all the rules. And, uh, and basically, he, he got into a plane crash and he died. And the Lord brought him to heaven. And he had sort of a picture of his dire need for Jesus and sort of a doorway pretty much into hell, which just just invoked the fear of God in him. And all he said was, Lord, give me another chance. And so all of a sudden he found himself in this golden stream. It was He said it was pure gold and this stream was coming up around his feet. And as soon as it started to stream, he just felt it come up inside his body. And just and he knew at that moment, in, his, in this testimony that he gives, he knew at that moment he was filled with the Holy Spirit. He was baptized in that moment. And so it's so inspiring to know that he did not recognize his need at that time and say, Lord, come, do this. You know, Lord, I'm thirsty. I need all this. It was always available. And what does they say? It takes eight glasses of water a day just to be healthy, you know? This is an everyday, ongoing thing. We can't drink a case of water for the month, you know? If we, and so the reason I said that is because I just feel like it's very important that we don't come under any voice of shame, any voice yeah. of should to that says, because I believe we all agree that River Life is commissioned to take this river out. This is what the Lord's been saying to us. And this is really uh, a, a burden that I carry. Now, I've got four kids, and it's hard not to be an island unto ourselves trying to figure out our own lives right now. Well, the Lord's like, distribute the river to your children, you know? There's so many ways and so many applications of what Matthew is saying. And so I just want to encourage you, and I, I really... I feel like I've I've just 
kind of got an anointing right now to just break off any level of shame or religion in the name of Jesus right now that could be coming against anyone yeah. who, no should tos. We just bind up the should tos. We, and we just thank you, Lord, that that water is available to us. Yeah. And that there's an anointing right now to fill people and cover people with that water because this is a daily walk. And I believe the Lord's saying if you'll fill yourself up for one day, you're going to have something for somebody at Walmart. You're going to have some, something for somebody at the mall. So just receive that right now. I believe there's just an anointing for that water to just flow over you. Yes, Lord. And Lord, I just pray right now that you would, uh, Holy Spirit, that you would bring revelation into each person's mind, Lord, here of, of the reality of you in their lives, God. Just an increased reality. I don't even know the words exactly to pray. But Holy Spirit.